I thought this podcast was going to be all about the calendars and the lists and the schedules, and it's a little bit of that, but now that we've gotten into this whole overnight homeschool program thing, my approach is totally different than I thought it would be, and I think it's going to be helpful for other people to hear. We are going to do the assignments and everything our teachers give us. After that, my instinct was to work with them like I'm an actual teacher, download workbooks and work on teaching them grade level skills. But what I learned really quickly was, I'm not a teacher. I make sunless tanners for a living. Teachers are experts at how to do this, and that's what makes them so amazing. I'm not trained in this stuff, and I'm a big fan of doing what you're best at and doing it 110%. So I'm teaching my kids, but I'm teaching my kids things I know and things I think they should know. And that's what this podcast is all about. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am excited to talk with you and get into this whole topic of becoming an overnight homeschool parent. I know that so many of us are in the same situation here, and I wanted to do this podcast to do a whole new twist on it so that we could all take a deep breath and not be frustrated and not dread the next couple of weeks or months of homeschooling, of having our kids home. Now, if you're listening to this later and not during the coronavirus craziness, I still love all of this. Everything that we're going to get into, I love this for normal life and learning and teaching our kids and just the way we think about our kids and their education. And we think of it like it has to come from textbooks, but it totally doesn't. So even if you're listening to this episode later on, there's so much, there's so much value. And I feel like we're going to get into so many actual practical ideas of different things you can teach your kids that I think will be really great takeaways. So the summary of the summary of what we're going to talk about, we started doing homeschool two days ago and we started out super frustrated, right? So the kids were frustrated. I was frustrated. It was difficult to organize everything that they needed to do. It was difficult for me because I had so much pressure on myself. Like I really needed to be a teacher for three different kids in three different grades and ages. And after going through two days of being completely frustrated, I was like, wait a minute, maybe there's another answer here. Of course, our kids are home. We want them to learn and we want them to grow. We don't want them to, you know, sit on TV all day and, you know, just not have their minds be active. That's not what we want. But maybe there's another way to do it so we don't live in this state of frustration for the next weeks. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the assignments that our teachers give us. We're going to do them on time. We're going to read. We're going to organize everything and we're going to lay it out and we're going to get it done. And, you know, there's so much, there's so many podcasts out right now or different blog posts or posts about scheduling. And that's honestly, when I said, oh, I got to do a podcast on this weeks, you know, when this whole thing happened a week ago, I was like, I'm going to do the schedules. I'm going to show pictures of my whiteboards. And it's so funny what can happen once you talk to people and once you get in and start doing something. 
And so, of course, I think there's such value in scheduling, but I'm just going to go through that quickly because there's so many other places where you can get resources like that. I think in general, in life, in business, people are always the freshest their first few hours of the day. So we're going to get up, we're going to have breakfast, get dressed like we would normally for school, and then we're going to do our assignments because that's when they're the freshest. I know I've seen quite a few posts about people break it up throughout the day, and I get that, and I love breaks, and I love exercise and all that, but I just think the schoolwork is already challenging enough in a new setting, the schoolwork that the school gives. So we're going to do that first thing. We're going to get it all out, make it our nice list on our whiteboard, check it off as we go. We're going to power through it and not do anything else, not do exercise, not do fun things. We're going to get all the homework done and then we're going to file that away and then we're going to move on with our day. So because I just feel like they're the freshest and let's just power that out. Talking about breaks and exercise, I think it's so important, especially as we're keeping our bodies healthy and our immune system strong, to have a little bit of extra sleep, extra water, really good hearty meals, just to keep us our healthiest. A little bit of exercise. Here in California, it has been raining quite a bit right now, so not only are we doing our social distancing, but we've stayed inside pretty much the whole time just because it's not really practical to go on walks or go to the beach somewhere that would be kind of out in the open for fresh air. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that we did rent a bounce house for the backyard. So that's been great to get the kids some exercise and take breaks. So whatever it is, wherever you live, whatever the situation is, of course, there's a huge value in taking breaks and getting exercise and getting a little vitamin D and all of that. But I think with the scheduling, one thing to really consider is even if the kids are in school for, say, six hours a day, they also have breaks and they have lunch and they have bathroom breaks and they have PE or different things. So, you know, really probably only learning four hours of the day or so. So that should give you some relief to give you a little bit of a break and a little bit of, of a deep breath to not think that you have to teach them every hour of the day, you know? And also, they're not in school, so it's not going to be the same. So think that they probably have a full four hours of actual learning, but since they aren't in school now, they aren't expected to do that much time now anyways. It's interesting because the way I am, I'm just kind of intense, and I'm just kind of a hard worker, and I really believe in being tough and pushing through things. So I'm not the type of person that's like, don't put too much pressure on yourself, you know, just do just do what you can. That's just not my personality normally. My personality normally is like, push harder, work harder, you can do this, no excuses, let's go. But it's interesting. In this situation, I think a big answer is, let's not put so much pressure on ourselves and our kids. For most of us, we've never done homeschooling before. This is a whole new adventure and a whole new thing that we're trying to figure out. But guess what? We're adults. Think about our little people. Their whole world is turned upside down too. Their whole schedule, their school life, and seeing their friends, and learning how to navigate technology and doing so much of this stuff online. Their whole world is different than it was a week ago, two weeks ago. So realizing that, I think that they will actually learn more if we take the pressure off. If we do what's required, do what the teachers ask of us, make sure they meet the deadline, study for whatever they need to. But in general, take a deep breath and take the pressure off. If something can't happen because of a tech thing or they have two questions and you can't reach the teacher, I just think 
we need to step back. And like I said, that's very big for me to say because I'm just not that type of person. I just think that so often we give ourselves breaks or excuses when we could just push through to the end so easily. So it's a big thing for me to say. My kids were like, what? (laughs) But I really think so. I think that it's so, I think that it's really important for for us. And I think that when I was pushing through and making us so frustrated, or we were just all frustrated, just the nature of how it was going, we weren't learning that much because our stress level was high. You know, when you just kind of shut down because you're frustrated and you're stressed and you're not learning anything in that state anyways. Okay. So what are they going to learn? My kids are going to learn real life things, like things that I've worked for many years to get good at or things that I learned in my 20s that could have been cool when I was eight or nine. And with technology the way it is now, there's just so many more opportunities for our kids. And I feel like in the daily life, I know for me, I always think about things I'd love to teach them. Like my kids are eight and nine and they don't really know how to send emails. Like they could send one email to grandma on her birthday, but like they don't really know how to send emails or do different things. So that's just one example. But all the things. So I'm like, you know what? I am going to use this time to think of what we can do versus what we can't do. You know, rather than thinking we can't go to the movies, we can't do all these things. I'm just going to focus on what can we do? This is a finite period of time. That period of time we do not know, but it will end at some point and we just have this time to make the most of it. So think about how you could teach your kids not from textbooks or learning apps or flashcards, but things you could teach them, you know, like the hard knock school of you. Like what would you teach them that they don't know that you think that they're capable of learning at their age? Now, of course, I'm going to get into a whole bunch of examples, but this is totally different depending on their age and their interest. Their interest is huge. You know, I'm a big fan of helping our kids and supporting them be the best little humans that they can be and not putting my stuff on them, my dreams on them, my hopes for them on them. Of course, guide them and help them make the best decisions, but I really believe in letting each child be their individual self and supporting them in the best way you can. So going along with that, listening to them and talking to them and take their interests and take it a step further and teaching them and getting outside, even if it's just the backyard or looking outside and looking at clouds and learning things and Googling things. I just think by taking a breath and taking the pressure off and looking at a different way of learning, not the traditional way, because we've already done that. We've done the assignments. We've done everything in the morning when we're nice and fresh. Now we're going to go through and we are going to do the real life learning, let's call it, right? Like how to make a photo book, how to organize your photos and make a photo book. And They could make one for a friend whose birthday is coming up maybe, right? Or they could do a photo book on a vacation that you took last summer, whatever it is. A million things. I'm going to get into that whole list, but I just wanted to really put it out there that my goal in this podcast is to help give you ideas so you feel like while your kids are home, they're growing and they don't have a bunch of screen time. And at the end of this, you don't feel like, You're just dying for them to like go back to school like enough because you've spent this time frustrated and pushing and pulling and bribing and threatening. Rather than doing that, I've just shifted to where we're thinking, let's get our schoolwork done, check the box, get it out of the way, let's have lunch. And then second half of the day, what are we going to learn? 
what is interesting to you on this planet that you don't know about. And I think the key is one thing at a time. So I might do one of these like, you know, just before lunch if we have time and then one in the afternoon if they're kind of simple. Or I'll just do one of these for the whole day. I think the key is is not, because what I started out doing when we first started this whole homeschool thing that I think I did wrong is I had a whiteboard and I was like, all right, we could do 10 things a day per kid. So I put one through 10, one through 10. And it just felt like heavy. It just felt like so much. And we were just trying to get the check marks to check it off. So now in this whole take a breath thing, we're going to take a breath and we're going to do these as it fits and as it feels natural. And we're going to learn a ton. So for different ages, again, it could be totally different, but maybe you're going to focus on learning how to tie your shoes or how to make your bed the right way. You know, we say make your bed, but maybe we make it fun and we go in there with a song and we teach them how to actually make a bed, like make it the right way. So many of the things, and I, I don't want to do too many chores so my kids feel like, like, I mean, not solid chores, right? Like load the dishwasher, do the, do the dishes, do the laundry, make the beds, take down the dirty clothes. But I am going to do all those things in little bits so that they are self-sufficient. And they, I mean, they see me doing all these things, but I want them to actually do it so they kind of know. But I'm going to try to sprinkle those things in more, sprinkle those things in more than making them like, all right, kids, we're going to do the laundry now. Because I mean, I figure most kids would be like, oh my gosh, isn't that your job, mom? Which I'm a big fan of having kids help and participate. And especially, you know, at different ages, they're capable of different things. But I'm going to sprinkle that in. So it doesn't feel like it's forced, but it just feels like, you know what? You could do this on your own just to make them independent and learn how to do things the right way, like making their bed the, bed the right way. I want to spend time on the computer teaching them different things. Like I said, sending an email, setting up their account, or, and how to check their email on their phone. And then maybe I'll have friends or family send them an email so they could actually check their email. Like I said, my girls are in second and third grade and totally capable of that. I've just never sat down and really showed them this is how the whole thing works. This is how you check it. This is how you send it. They know a little bit, but they could know so much more. So that's definitely on our list. I think it's really fun to get and send emails, especially, I mean, there's nothing better than a personalized note in the mail, but I think an email is the next best thing and so fast and such a fun way to communicate and something they'll definitely use. When I was sort of making our list, I thought, you know, so often kids in school say, oh, how am I ever going to use this in life? And the truth of the matter is, no, a lot of it you won't use, but you know, it's still good to learn. But all the things on my hard knock school of life that I'm going to do while they're home is all stuff I think is very practical and very real world that they could use now or they could use later on in life. And of course, sending an email is definitely one of those. Like I mentioned, creating a photo book, I think it's super fun for them to organize all of their photos and then make a photo book as a gift for somebody or just for themselves. There are so many great websites that you can use these days to create really easy photo books. And you can pick one of the ones that makes it easier where you can have templates and background photos. So as they get going into it, it's not so overwhelming and they can just drag and drag and drop their photos and add in their captions. And it makes for something really fun to do. And I love that they get something out of it at the end. For older kids, you could have them learn how to do like basic editing on their phone or on an iPad so they could record a video 
and do like kind of basic editing and add things in. This is something that I used to do a ton myself for my business, but I haven't done it in years. My team does now. So I want to get back into learning some basic kind of editing and the new cool ways to actually do it on your phone rather than on the computer. And I want to teach my kids. I think they'd love to do that. Again, a little bit for older kids for these next couple. How about writing a business plan? If they have an idea, how about they write out a business plan? And even if they do nothing with it, it's just the whole idea of, you know, dream it and it can happen. You know, everybody has dreams, but it's actually taking the steps to take action that makes all the difference. Putting ideas into action, I think is key and hard work and just getting started not worrying about being perfect, just hit go, I think is so important. So I'm going to work with my girls. If they're interested, I'm going to say, hey, if you guys were to start a business, what would it be? Let's write a business plan and let's see what that could look like. Let's see all the different steps you would take and how much money you could make, how much money you need to get started. Let's either write it on paper or type it out and let's see how it goes. So much of this stuff can be imaginative. It doesn't have to actually go somewhere. It's just the idea of trying and starting and let's see what happens. I love cooking with kids, even with little kids, kids of any age. How about we get in the kitchen and we don't worry about the mess and we let them be creative and we get out cookbooks, kid cookbooks, ideally for simple recipes and we let them pick the recipes. If you have littler, littler kids, it probably looks something more like um, you bake it and then you guys decorate a cake together or cupcakes or cookies or you can get on Pinterest and there's so many really creative things you can do d- depending on when you're listening to this. Here right now we have Easter coming up. You could do Easter things or you could, there's just so many things that you could do with baking and cooking. For my kids, I'm going to have them make a two layer cake from scratch so they could just, you know, a little bit more advanced baking techniques and then we're going to decorate it. That's our kind of baking plan. And listen, when I don't know what to do, like, oh, we have an empty hour here, I always go to the kitchen. I'm like, hey, let's go to the kitchen. What do you guys feel like? Let's cook some things together. Sometimes I end up doing most of it. Sometimes they end up doing most of it. But I feel like that's just a good way for everyone to be involved and interact and food is fun and it gets people together. So I feel like that's like my go-to. Like if you ever don't know what to do and you have a little window of time, go to the kitchen and make something together. I feel like it's fun and I just try to do things that keep us engaged. Like some of these are more solo activities, like creating a photo book. Maybe you do it with them, or maybe if they're a little bit older, they want to do it by themselves. But I love cooking in the kitchen because it gets everyone together and it's hard not to talk and interact and laugh. Another thing you could do at any age, it'll just look different depending on their age, is research online and have each person in the family find a place where they want to travel next. I also find that this really helps with with cabin fever, because when you have something to look forward to, even if it's not officially booked, it helps you think beyond the here and now, but beyond today, beyond, you know, whatever struggles or frustration you have. So have them research online. I started doing this about a year ago and I'm like, how did I not think of this before? Like having the kids YouTube or Google what they like. Before we go on vacation now, I put on in the kitchen different YouTube videos of different people who have gone there. And I love it because then they get excited. They know what to expect. They tell me, you know, ideas of what they want to pack. So we started doing kind of the YouTube vacation thing a while ago, and I love it. So have them find a place where they want to travel, and you guys could put it on the books. Or if you're bold, you could even book it ahead of time now and make it make sure it's a little bit far out and it has a full cancellation. And then you really have something to look forward to. 
but I think it's fun to let each person have kind of a say in the house of where you travel next. And listen, it could be big or small. It could be something like camping. It could be a staycation. It could be somewhere local or it could be somewhere international, all scales, whatever works for you and your family and the timing of everything. But I think it's just really fun for kids to feel like they have a choice and really let their mind wander and explore and do research online and find it. All right, next up, write and mail a letter, like an actual letter with a stamp through the post office. I think it's really sweet and it's really fun, especially if you're cooped up at home to be able to send a letter out and get a letter back is just really fun, kind of like a pen pal. So, and it's, it's fun for them to get creative and they're learning like all these things, they're learning stuff, they're writing and they're using penmanship and they're coloring and they're drawing and they're learning every step of the way. So that's another thing we're definitely going to do. How about physical things outside, like jumping rope or doing jumping jacks or doing somersaults or doing cartwheels for so long? I was like, wait a minute, how have I not taught my kids this? And how have they not learned this in their gymnastics class? But whatever the case is, like when my girls were younger, I was like, shoot, they should know this by now. So whatever that is for you, like the, they should know this by now, ride a bike, ride a bike without training wheels. Like I said, jump rope is great. Jumping jacks, like the things that you're like, well, they don't really know how to do that. Teach them that. We have time now that we don't normally, because we're not driving around and racing around. So I think teaching them those cool outside things are really fun and it gets you some, some fresh air too. Next up, how about two things that are kind of abstract? With my girls, I want to teach them about eye contact and also negotiating with me. So, you know, I just think that as we get older, some certain things that I think that are very important in business and in life is having good eye contact and being able to negotiate. So those are two things on my list. I'll do something, I don't know, I haven't figured it out yet, but something to where we do an eye contact game and I teach them the importance of eye contact and we do a little competition to see who can do better at it. And just so they think of it. Also handshakes, a strong, nice handshake is so important in life. I think it's just good. It portrays your, you know, it's portrays your confidence and it's just a great thing to master. So why not do that now? So we're going to do eye contact. We're going to do handshakes. I'm going to have them negotiate with me and kind of teach them. And you know, sometimes your kids will negotiate with you and you're like, oh, well, you could have gotten more, but that's all you asked for. So I'm going to teach my kids just about, you know, about negotiations and how they can be strong with what they think and kind of get the most out of what they're asking for. I'm going to teach them some more stuff in the kitchen, like how to pick ripe fruit and, you know, carefully how to slice different fruit, like how to slice an apple kind of without the seeds and how to really peel an orange and just those different things in the kitchen with fruits and vegetables that you may not think of because you're like, oh, I don't have a lot of activities here or we've gone through them or we've already played every board game what are we going to do now think outside the box use fruit use things in the pantry use things in the pantry for counting games and then they get to eat them after there's so many things you can do you can also buy lots of kits i love certain kits like craft kits or we bought um some rock like rock cracking kits where you get the the crystal in the middle um we're going to do a kindness garden in our backyard where we're going to paint rocks and make a kindness garden so there's so many different things that you can do that you don't have to do from scratch that you can order online and order the kits. And that works really well. All right. Last idea for you today on this topic, I'm going to teach my kids how to find the bright side in a bad situation. So I'm going to do some kind of role playing, tell them some bad situations and how they can find the bright side. 
And I think that is really valuable in life. And I think it applies so much right now because there's so much uncertainty and so much negativity and so much, you know, anxiety and stress right now. I think that if I can really teach my kids this skill of finding the bright side in a bad situation, they can use that their whole life. So I'm going to research, I'm going to find different ways and use different tactics. And we're going to sit down and kind of make a game of it. And I am going to teach them how I, in my life, and tell them stories about how in my life, I have taken a situation that looks like a terrible situation overall. And I just look at the good and good comes out of it as a result. I hope this session, this pep talk, this podcast really helped you take a deep breath and realize we can teach our kids so much while they're home and it doesn't have to come from a textbook. Think of all the things you know and the things that you're good at and think about each child specifically and what they're interested in and what they would want to learn. And you know what? Maybe this whole experience will be such a great growing and learning experience, not just for our kids, but for us too, in ways we did not even expect. Thank you so much for listening. We are in this together, my friends. Now let's go out and teach our kids some non-traditional things that is going to add to the awesome humans that they are. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.